Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading Chapter 1 of the Book of Judges from the World English Bible. After the death of Joshua, the children of Israel asked of Yahweh, saying, Who should go up for us first against the Canaanites to fight against them? Yahweh said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into his hand. Judah said to Simeon his brother, Come up with me into my lot, that we may fight against the Canaanites, and I likewise will go with you into your lot. So Simeon went with him. Judah went up, and Yahweh delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand. They struck ten thousand men in Bezek. They found Adonai Bezek in Bezek, and they fought against him. They struck the Canaanites and the Perizzites, but Adonai Bezek fled. They pursued him, caught him, and cut off his thumbs and his big toes. Adonai Bezek said, Seventy kings, having their thumbs and their big toes cut off, scavenged under my table. As I have done, so God has done to me. They brought him to Jerusalem, and he died there. The children of Judah fought against Jerusalem, took it, struck it with the edge of the sword, and set the city on fire. After that, the children of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites who lived in the hill country, and in the south, and in the lowland. Judah went against the Canaanites who lived in Hebron. The name of Hebron before that was Kiriath Arba. They struck Sheshai, Ahiman, and Talmai. From there he went against the inhabitants of Debir. The name of Debir before that was Kiriath Sefer. Caleb said, I will give Aksah my daughter as wife to the man who strikes Kiriath Sefer and takes it. Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it, so he gave him Aksa, his daughter, as his wife. When she came, she got him to ask her father for a field. She got off her donkey, and Caleb said to her, What would you like? She said to him, Give me a blessing. Because you have set me in the land of the south, give me also springs of water. Then Caleb gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. The children of the Kenite, Moses' brother-in-law, went up out of the city of palm trees with the children of Judah into the wilderness of Judah, which is in the south of Arad, and they went and lived with the people. Judah went with Simeon his brother, and they struck the Canaanites who inhabited Zephath and utterly destroyed it. The name of the city was called Hormah. Also Judah took Gaza with its border, and Ashkelon with its border, and Ekron with its border. Yahweh was with Judah, and drove out the inhabitants of the hill country, for he could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley, because they had chariots of iron. They gave Hebron to Caleb, as Moses had said, and he drove the three sons of Anak out of there. 
The children of Benjamin didn't drive out the Jebusites who inhabited Jerusalem, but the Jebusites dwell with the children of Benjamin in Jerusalem to this day. The house of Joseph also went up against Bethel, and Yahweh was with them. The house of Joseph sent to spy out Bethel. The name of the city before that was Luz. The watchers saw a man come out of the city, and they said to him, Please show us the entrance into the city, and we will deal kindly with you. He showed them the entrance into the city, and they struck the city with the edge of the sword, but they let the man and all his family go. The man went into the land of the Hittites, built a city, and called its name Luz, which is its name to this day. Manasseh didn't drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shean and its towns, nor Tanakh and its towns, nor the inhabitants of Dor and its towns, nor the inhabitants of Iblium and its towns, nor the inhabitants of Megiddo and its towns, but the Canaanites would dwell in that land. When Israel had grown strong, they put the Canaanites to forced labor and didn't utterly drive them out. Ephraim didn't drive out the Canaanites who lived in Gezer, but the Canaanites lived in Gezer among them. Zebulun didn't drive out the inhabitants of Kitron, nor the inhabitants of Nahalol, but the Canaanites lived among them and became subject to forced labor. Asher didn't drive out the inhabitants of Akko, nor the inhabitants of Sidon, nor of Alab, nor of Axib, nor of Helba, nor of Aphek, nor of Rehob, but the Asherites lived among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land, for they didn't drive them out. Naphtali didn't drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh, nor the inhabitants of Beth Anath, but he lived among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land. Nevertheless, the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh and of Beth Anath became subject to forced labor. The Amorites forced the children of Dan into the hill country, for they would not allow them to come down to the valley. But the Amorites would dwell in Mount Heres, in Aegelon, and in Shalbim. Yet the hand of the house of Joseph prevailed, so that they became subject to forced labor. The border of the Amorites was from the ascent of Akrabim, from the rock, and upward. That's the end of chapter one. I wanted to mention just a couple of things. First of all, just in case you missed it, the tribes are being referred to by the names of the brothers that they are descended from. So, for instance, when you have in verse 3 where Judah said to Simeon, his brother, and it's talking about them in the first person, it's not talking about those people because those people died in Egypt. Secondly, I thought it was curious how the king, Adonai Bezek, a Canaanite king, readily acknowledged who God was and that God was giving him justice for the bad things that Adonai Bezek had done. A lot of times we come away from reading the Bible like the Canaanites didn't know God, but apparently they had some knowledge still. Thirdly, in this chapter, what is being highlighted is who lives in what land. So when you get the retelling of Caleb giving certain areas to his daughter, it's not saying that happened then. It's telling how those people got in that land. The story is also told in Joshua chapter 15, verses 13 through 19. Now, partly what's curious here is that right after it talks about Caleb giving his daughter the upper and the lower springs, it talks about the children of the Kenite, Moses' brother-in-law. 
If you recall, Caleb is the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite. You will hear a little bit more about these family connections in Judges chapters 4 and 5, where it specifically mentions that Moses' father-in-law was named Hobab, and he was a Kenite. I looked at several scriptures, and it seems like Kenite and Kenizzite are used somewhat interchangeably, but there is a section in Genesis Uh, Genesis chapter 15, where God's talking about giving the land to Abraham, where it refers to both the Kenites and the Kenizzites. So that was a little unclear to me. The Kenites are also referred to in 1 Samuel, and I'll mention one is in chapter 15, where Saul is talking about going to battle with them, and one is in chapter 27, where David is talking about going to battle with them. And different names are used in these sections, and I got the sense that Although these are also Kenites, these are a different section of that tribe. They're not necessarily the same section that Caleb was descended from. But it is noteworthy that Caleb, whose father was a Kenite, was considered a prince of his tribe of Judah. And so it seems like maybe his mother was from the tribe of Judah. And he seems to be another case of someone who is not directly from the male line of the Israelites, but somebody marries in, and he has more faith than the other 10 spies, he and Joshua. So Caleb, even though he's descended um, in the male line from a Kenite, he has more faith than many of the children of Israel who die in the desert. And the last thing I wanted to mention was the sadness of the detailing in this chapter that Israel was not faithful to completely drive out the Canaanites. Uh, if you go back and look at Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 2, and Deuteronomy 20, verse 17, those are a couple of places where God makes it very clear they were supposed to destroy the Canaanites so that they wouldn't be led astray by them. And then you can look at Ezra chapter 9, verse 1, where it talks about the fact that they didn't. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 